I'm Luke Story. I'm Christine Loria. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I'm Angie Check. I am Dr. Aaron Eugene McMorrow. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Kyle Kingsbury. I'm Lily Nichols. I'm Mark Groves. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Jesse Golden. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm Marin Green. I'm Kelly Brogan, MD. Hi, this is Kimberly Ann Johnson. Je m'appelle Rick Safries, et c'est le podcast du Gynécologue Holistique. Hello, I'm Paul Check, and this is the Holistic OPGYN Podcast. Enjoy. A couple weeks ago, my friend Jason Picard and I took a journey together, a medicine ceremony. We, um, we utilized my sacrament, and I wanted to give you a little trip report because it was a very, very hard journey for me. You know, every journey can be very hard. I don't ever think that any medicine ceremonies are bad. With the right set and setting, they can be challenging, but they're not bad. There's no bad trip necessarily. And Jason and I have journeyed together, namely under the uh, facilitation of our friend, mutual friend, Paul Check. But this one was special. This one was really, really special. So I'm going to kind of let it riff here for a bit. Just sit back and enjoy. There's no sponsors for this one. This is a very, very personal, very, very personal recording. My medicine, my sacrament is, mm, like most, very healing. Generally, when you're on this medicine, you experience vibrant hues of purple and red. And for me, there's also green. And um, Jason was my companion this time around. We did a little over five grams. They'd been refrigerated from time of harvest. And we started, as with any ceremony, by calling in the spirits of the four directions from the north. You have the white, the white man. This is the spirit quest direction. From the west, the black man. The sound of that music is, is a kind of upbeat, dancing style of music. From the south, we have the Red Man. This is the songs of healing, sort of like a lullaby sound. And then from the east, the warrior, the Yellow Man. This is the, the music of, of war, of battle. Jason charged a small amount of tobacco as an offering prior to each of the songs, which started in the east, then went to the south and the west, then the north, and he rotated with each of the four songs, um, beating a, um, a drum that was very special to him. And very, very quickly into that little mini calling-in ceremony is when those vibrant hues emerged. We had added some orange and apple juice to our tea, so the onset was quite fast. And we quickly found ourselves lying sprawled out on the floor, embracing the hues on the movie screen of our closed eyelids, sort of being enamored uh, by the shape-shifting textures of the ceiling. That's when launch sequence hit go. And this journey was among the hardest for me. It wasn't even the deepest I've ever gone. But the reason was that normally my rock, my beloved Stephanie, she emerges in full regalia. I remember one such journey with Stephanie in Hawaii. We were walking around in Kauai. And the ground seemed to sink beneath each of her footsteps. Gaia, the great mother. And she, Stephanie, she appears in every one of my journeys. 
whether she's present or not, it's not really relevant. Once she appeared as a giant flower, a giant sunflower, larger than the universe itself, reaching, this flower's reaching, stretching powerfully to the sun. But that's not what happened this time. My journey realized a wilted plant in a solitary flower pot. It's not clear if this flower actually represented Stephanie, but it had this little kind of like pitiful flower, um, this wilted head hanging its head down, disparaged. Maybe it instead of being Stephanie, maybe it represented my inner life, my family. So I had to wrestle with this. If you've ever gone into medicine ceremony, sometimes the one of these messages comes through and that's the message and you just have to wrestle, grapple with it like a jujitsu match for five, six hours. And that's exactly how this, how this happened. And as the journey came to a close, I was completely depleted of tears. I was just utterly sad. And Jason was sharing about the loss of his former wife and his beloved. And that's Jason's story alone. I, I won't get into that. But while I was listening, I was reflecting on this flower. Oh, this flower in this little pot so dejected. It was like the flower was dying. And I think it bears repeating, there often isn't a clear moral to these trips, these trip reports, but I, I do think Voltaire, wise beyond his days, was onto something when he suggested that we all need to tend to our own gardens. The work for me is to explore my inner dream and desires to, ter- to determine who or what I've been neglecting. When I returned home that evening, I discovered that my wife's wedding ring was missing from the initial spot on her altar. She struggles to wear the ring because she's developed this kind of strange reaction to white gold ever since our, uh, our children were born, since her pregnancies. And my impulse was to criticize her for having been negligent of this symbol of our love. Maybe this was true. Why'd she become negligent? We make good money, our house is clean, we eat dinner together every night, we have great sex. My physique is more like that of a 28-year-old versus a 38-year-old. We have everything that we could possibly need on paper. We get sufficient sleep, our girls are happily growing and playing here earthside. So what was it that was missing? Voltaire again. Tend your garden. Maybe the symbolism behind that token has started to fade due to my negligence. Maybe this wasn't her fault, as my reactivity to the situation suggested. Maybe if I'd been in tune to the needs of my garden, the soil would be producing great results. Stronger roots, leafier stems, happier blooms. And as the old gardening adage goes, when a fruit tree doesn't produce food, We mustn't blame the tree. Jason and I recorded a podcast recently, and he shared in that podcast recording, which comes out in a couple weeks, that some of his earliest memories revolved around rewards for good report cards, not being valued for his grades, crushed him, but compelled him to dig deeper into his studies. And I I shared how this value system was similar for me, and it left has left me broke, like Jason, broken inside. Yeah. 
bunch of non-material ways. This is by no means to discredit our parents. Our entire society functions on, on this premise of productivity. Remember that line from Fight Club? We spend money we don't have on things we don't need to impress people we don't like. America. <laughs> we could probably add that we're working a job that we don't like to make money that we now have in order to spend it on things that we don't need. We're driven in society to believe that money, making money, having things <clears throat> is a means to an end in and of itself. So the dilemma for me has emerged as, as a matter of a value system. And since leaving the sort of conventional medical system, I'm no longer receiving those daily dopamine hits of having, you know, the right answer, getting those good report cards. Jer Jason had shared that, you know, when he was on Wall Street, that he was getting a daily report card and he was getting straight A's. I mean, that is an addictive thing, right? And a lot of us overachievers, we end up going down that path. So I, you know, I seek this valuation through income, material wealth, you know, which includes the six pack. But meanwhile, the garden that I'm trying to nurture is fed not by good grades, bank statements, and stuff, no matter how luxurious. My garden, including my kids, my wife, my family, my friends, all of my relationships, they're all nourished by love and presence. And I shower them with love, but only when I'm present. And I'm often distracted by many habitual value sort of system residuals. In those specific buckets that are served by good grades, material wealth, the six-pack, the bulger shoulders, they've been overflowing for decades. But if I'm not present with these people, which I've alluded to as my garden, then the growing pains of my garden aren't attended to out of love, but out of nuisance. This all happens on a subconscious level for me. But for my garden, it's the, their direct experience, especially my daughters and my wife. There doesn't have to be a lesson from every medicine ceremony. But this, wasn't, this one was important for me. No matter how much water, how much I water my garden, the flowers will not bloom if the garden is overwatered and undernourished in other ways. So take this into your own life. Are you investing in the unfilled buckets of your gardens, of yourself, of your children? of your romantic partner. If you don't re reframe your own self-worth and get your inputs in balance, you might end up with a wilted potted plant, which I presume isn't your goal. Thanks for letting me reflect on that. Not like most of my podcast interviews, but I do think that there's some treasures there. My name's Nathan Riley. I'm the Holistic OBGYN. And it's the first time that I've gotten through some of the chicken scratch notes without um, ending up in a blubbering ball of tears. So thanks for tuning in. If you want to find me, go to BelovedHolistics.com. I also just launched a course called BornFreeMethod.com. You can jump on an enrollment call there. Thanks to everybody who makes this podcast possible, especially those little flowers in my garden. My wife and my girls, my mom, my sister, all of my friends, my entire social network 
has been so immensely helpful in bringing this show to you. And if something has touched you, please consider leaving a five-star review, supporting the sponsors, and um, sharing with your friends. I'll see you next time.